0: Mirror, mirror, on the wall, who is the most rotten one of all? Hello, my darlings, it is your not so evil queen, Joshua Waters, and welcome to another episode of Rotten to the Core. I trust that you all are doing well and have been keeping up with your homework from our many lessons. It has now been a full year of rottenness, and I am so excited to see what my magic mirror has in store for us this year. Now, believe it or not, there are some cases that I believed I knew about, but when I put some thought into it, I realized that I had only really known about what I had learned from seeing the rotten person portrayed in movies and some shows. Our man on today's episode is a prime example of just that. I was aware of him and what he did, but aside from seeing it played out in shows like Penny Dreadful, starring Eva Green, obsessed with her, I'd literally watch her peel potatoes, I honestly knew nothing substantial about the ghastly details of him and his crimes, our topic of today is the infamous killer and sex worker's worst nightmare, Jack the Ripper. In our world today where sex work is ever more popular, I felt that it is essential to be aware of the dangers that are often associated with the career Aside from lumps, bumps, and blisters, sex workers are often put into very precarious situations and have to, more often than not, deal with some pretty shady people. Always get your money up front and don't fall in love. I myself am no stranger to a little back-alley rendezvous, but I don't charge for it. As Blanche Devereux herself once said, There is a fine line between having a good time and being a wanton slur. I know, my toe's been on that line. But thanks to stories about Jack the Ripper, the Craigslist killer, and countless more, I will admit that Mama carries a pocket knife in my sock any time I feel the need for a little male attention. Before we delve further into our lesson for today, I want to thank everyone who has been reaching out to me on social media and leaving reviews for Rotten. I am a true homebody, and I am living for the opportunity to get to know so many people from all over the world who all enjoy the work that I've been doing. Shout out to Trevor. He now has my first ever autograph on my new postcards. It is always lovely to hear from friends and family, but there is just something about a stranger giving a compliment that just hits differently. Merci beaucoup, mon cherise. (laughs) This episode will be a little different from our usual as no one was ever caught or came forward to admit guilt. We don't actually know who he was aside from speculation. This is one story that we can't go back and look at their childhood or anything else to help us wrap our minds around his rotten actions. What we know is based on evidence from the bodies of his victims and several specialists who have, over the years, developed a profile on Jack the Ripper. Part of his lore is that he was never caught, and the case remains one of the most famous unsolved ones in the world. Jack the Ripper began his murder spree in the Whitechapel District in London in August of 1888. He is known to have murdered at least five sex workers and left their bodies to be discovered in brutal and dehumanizing ways. Some people believe that there were more victims, but I like to go off of supported evidence over speculative guesstimations. Don't get me wrong, however. I do love a good conspiracy theory or two, but since we don't know who this man was, I want to try to go off facts so we can get as good of an idea of who he was as we can. Saying that, everything in this episode is also aided by my own observations. I am no detective or psychologist, but I am a very observant person who has spent most of my life observing the actions of others and minute details to form a profile of them in my own head. That is one of my tactics for surviving, being raised around, a, let's say, a lot of hot-headed, irrational people who might have believed that the voices in their heads were from demons and not a mental affliction. Religious traumas, line one, line one. You never knew what was going to set someone off, so I learned at a young age to observe and always be on high alert around some other people. The main argument with Jack is whether or not he was a psychopathic or sociopathic killer. Did he have some mental affliction that drove him to commit these heinous acts? Or was it a complete and separate personality? That wasn't me. That was Patricia. Jack was clever enough to seemingly plan out his attacks and to remove any evidence, even when it would appear that he had to cut things short at one point pointing to him being a psychopath. The fact that Jack would dress up as someone with money to attempt to lure sex workers to him in dark alleys. How he mutilated and displayed his victims' bodies also points to being a sociopath. Multiple personality disorder, more likely. I say as I actively dress up and drag for entertainment as well as a couple fantasy fulfillments a time or two, The first definitive victim of Jack the Ripper was discovered in the early morning of August 31st, 1888 by a man on his way to work. After seeing a bundle in a gateway, he approached it. The dim streetlights at the time didn't offer much clarity, so he had to get extremely close to make out what it was exactly. Once he drew in closer, he quickly realized... "'that it was the body of a woman. "'Her body was on its back with the legs straight out "'and her skirt raised up over her waist. "'Her throat was said to have been cut with such depth "'that her head was almost detached from her body. "'Soon there were two men who discovered her "'in an attempt to give dignity back to the lady. "'They lowered her skirt to cover her private parts.' Both men went to work believing that the police would just come by across the body shortly. Not long after the two men left, a constable did discover her and claimed that her body was still slightly warm above the joints of her elbows. He also stated that he had been on his rounds in the area not even an hour before and that there wasn't another soul around. This could mean that Jack was watching him and waiting for just the right time to strike, knowing that authorities wouldn't be back around for about another hour. It goes to show we never really know who's watching us, do we? The second woman to fall victim to Jack was a 47-year-old named Annie Chapman. Her body was found on September 8, 1888 in a backyard between some steps with a wooden fence. Testimony from the doctor who reported first to the scene is as so. The left arm was placed across the left breast. The legs were drawn up, the feet resting on the ground, and the knees turned outwards. The face was swollen and turned to the right side. The tongue protruded between the front teeth, but not beyond the lips. The tongue was evidently much swollen. The front teeth were perfect as far as the first molar, top and bottom. And very fine teeth they were. The body was terribly mutilated. The stiffness of the limbs was not marked, but was evidently commencing. He noticed that the throat was dissevered deeply, that the incisions through the skin were jagged and reached around the neck. On the wooden paling between the yard in question and the next, smears of blood, corresponding to where the head of the deceased lay, were to be seen. These were about 14 inches from the ground and immediately above the part where the blood from the neck lay. A post-mortem autopsy also found that her womb had been removed by the killer as well. During this time, police and media outlets began receiving numerous letters from people. Most were giving their opinions on how the police should go about solving the case, whom the letter writers believed was the killer, and even some falsely claiming that they were the ones responsible. On September 27th, a letter known as the Dear Boss letter landed on the desks of the Central News Agency. It was ignored for two days until the 29th of September, when it made its way to the Metropolitan Police. It was written in a very boastful tone and addressed to the boss of the news agency. Dear Boss, I keep on hearing the police have caught me. But they won't fix me just yet. I have laughed when they looked so clever and talk about being on the right track. That joke about leather apron gave me real fits. I am down on sex workers, and I shan't quit ripping them until I do get buckled. Grand work, the last job was. I gave the lady no time to squeal. How can they catch me now? I love my work and want to start again. You will soon hear of me with my funny little games. I saved some of the proper red stuff in a ginger beer bottle over the last job to write with. But it went thick like glue and I can't use it. Red ink fits enough. I hope. <laughs> the next job I do, I shall clip the lady's ears off and send to the police officers just for a jolly. Wouldn't you? Keep this letter back till I do a bit more work, then give it out straight. My knife so nice and sharp, I want to get to work right away if I get a chance. Good luck. Yours truly, Jack the Ripper. Don't mind me giving the trade name. Wasn't good enough to post this before I got all the red ink off my hands. Curse it. No luck yet. They say I'm a doctor now. <laughs> Shortly after the discovery of the letter, two more women's bodies were found on September the 30th. Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Eddowes Both women were found dead Within just a short distance of one another Elizabeth had her neck cut But no other characteristics of the Ripper Indicating that he must have had to flee From the risk of being caught Possibly from someone approaching While he committed the murder The second woman, Catherine Wasn't so fortunate as to have had a quick death Her body was found mutilated on its back and her skirt lifted to show her most vulnerable parts, just like the others. She had been disemboweled in an extra gruesome manner, and one of her ears had even been removed. The next day, on October 1st, there was a second, this time postcard, sent by Jack. This one again was written in red ink and had what appeared to be blood stains on it as well. It read, I was not codding, dear old boss, when I gave you the tip. You'll hear about Saucy Jack's work tomorrow. Double event this time. Number one squealed a bit, couldn't finish straight off, had not the time to get ears for police. Thanks for keeping last letter back till I got to work again. Jack the Ripper. It would be over a month until Jack would strike again, and on November 9th, the body of Mary Kelly was discovered in the small room she was renting. Her body was also mutilated, but probably because of the privacy of being in a room and not in an alleyway, her body was even more dismembered than the previous victim's. Her organs and even breasts were removed from her body and placed under her head and around her, along with multiple slashes and gashes on her remaining flesh. The exploratory way in which Mary and the other victims were mutilated really indicates that the murderer had no scientific or anatomical knowledge, not even showing the experience that a butcher would have with cutting up the bodies of animals. There were several other murders after Mary Kelly that some believe were from Jack as well, but these are all of the definitive ones that he committed. It is still not fully known who Jack the Ripper was. There are numerous opinions and theories surrounding one of the most famous serial killers, but no solid evidence to pinpoint the true identity. After the last murder, police began swarming the streets and dark, hidden places around London in an effort to keep people safe and finding their man. Whether Jack moved on to somewhere else, was arrested, committed suicide, or had just fulfilled his rotten bloodlust is still all up for debate. Some of the theories are that he was a doctor, a butcher, an affluent gentleman, or even a lower-class man disguised as a rich one to attract the sex workers to him. Just based off the handwriting in the letters he sent, I myself more leaned towards an affluent gentleman who had a sick desire to harm women of the night. Most lower-class men didn't even know how to read at that time in history, let alone write with such fine penmanship. My own theory is that he had a hatred of sex workers either from some childhood mommy issues or from possibly being turned down by women so often. The term incel comes to mind, which is a type of man who is involuntary celibate and instead of even thinking the problem might lie within themselves, they turn it into a complete hatred of all women. It's a very it's not me, it's definitely them type of mentality. Whatever you believe about the notorious Jack the Ripper. He was a man who sought after and brutally murdered sex workers. Ladies who had no family and were reliant on doing what they had to do in order to survive. In today's day and age, whenever more people are using sites with fans and friends to make a living, I felt this case was important as a cautionary tale as to just what might truly be laying in the minds of those whom you offer up your business to. Continue to do what you want to make as much money from your universe-given talents as you can, but maybe let someone know when and where you'll be and have some way to defend yourself. That could be as easy as a collapsible nightstick or even take a self-defense class. I'd hate for one of us to end up like one of Jack's victims. Because no one deserves that type of horrid fate. Well, my darlings, I thank you for joining me on another lesson from history. I hope we have all learned something beneficial from this extremely rotten man and his sickening crimes against sex workers. There is never any shame in supporting yourself unless, of course, you are causing harm to others. Be careful out there, and for heaven's sake, stop meeting up with people in shady alleyways. We deserve a bed with sheets, or at least a comfy couch. We're queens, after all. We owe it to ourselves to know what our worth is. If you don't, Hear it from me. You are a beautiful soul that deserves all the love and care that the universe can give to you. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Rotten to the Core about Jack the Ripper. Please join me next time as we learn more about rotten people from history and spin their darkness into light. I hope you all have a marvelous day. Stay safe out there and have each other's backs there are too many stories about people without someone who gets hurt or murdered we're all the same species i'm not asking you to stalk someone but if you see something shady happening to someone step up and help them out you never know when you might need help fighting someone off like jack the ripper yourselves If you enjoy listening to Rotten to the Core, please follow me on Instagram at It's Rotten to the Core. Also, please leave me a review, too, wherever you listen at. I also have a Patreon if you'd like to join. I'm gonna start adding bonus content after each episode. Just a little extra spilling of the tea that I have, and less censored. I love the universe, but I cuss a little. I also have some new postcards that I would love to send to you. That link is patreon.com slash it's rotten to the core. Take care. And again, thank you for joining me. You're not so evil queen on another episode of rotten to the core. I'll talk at you later. This episode was researched and written by me, Joshua Waters, and produced by Arclight Media. If you enjoy this podcast, go check out some of our other ones at itsarclightmedia.com. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.